what the law and man could not do, Jesus Christ did in one act on the cross. He bore your sins and he put them all away. And again, I repeat my verse. Arise, my soul, arise. Shake off your guilty peace. And behold, a bleeding sacrifice in my behalf appears. Before the throne, my surety stands. My name is written in his hands. You know, in Revelation 22, the new heavens and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness, no sin, no darkness, that's on the outside. To think that God, in matchless love, could look down upon you and me and bear our sins and take them away once for all, forever. When you get a picture of the human heart, it's the problem. We don't believe the Bible what we are. I'm not as bad as the Bible says. It's what God sees. Remember, he's a righteous God. And if I'm going to glory, if I'm going to heaven, I've got to be fitted. I could not stand in the presence of God for a moment if my sins have not been put away. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our name, the Unchanging Word, reflects the fact that the eternal Word of God is never changed and never will. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Life begins at Calvary, life that never We are exploring the biblical revelation of the spiritual life of the believer in Christ. Our lesson in this study focuses on the complete forgiveness of sins by God, accomplished by the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. God's forgiveness is guaranteed, and He shows it by raising Christ from the dead. Dr. Mitchell drills down on the numerous Bible verses which unquestionably state our complete forgiveness of sins through faith in Jesus Christ. Dr. Mitchell reminds us that even the very name Jesus means the Lord saves, the Lord is salvation. He will save his people from their sins. Let's join Dr. Mitchell in this study on the complete and eternal forgiveness God has declared in his word to anyone and everyone who believes him and the word of his cross. Here is Dr. Mitchell, starting in Isaiah 53, verse 6, on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast. If man is going to be fitted for the presence of God, if God's going to have a people in heaven, he's got to do something to get rid of this sin question between you and God. And I like my little verse, Arise, my soul, arise, and shake off your guilty fears. A bleeding sacrifice in my behalf appears. Before the throne, my surety stands. My name is written on his hand. I like to think that John 17, God's going to have a people in heaven. John 14, John 17. Remember Jesus said, the hour has come. The central hour of all eternity was the death, resurrection of our Savior. 
Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him authority over all flesh, that should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have finished the work you gave me to do. On the cross he cried out, it's finished. Bowed his head and yielded up the spirit. But I read in that passage, he's going to have a people in glory. Verse 22 says, the glory which thou hast given me, I have given them. Verse 24 says, I'm going to gaze, he's going to have somebody gaze upon him in his glory. Father, I want something that everyone you've given me be with me where I am, that they might behold my glory, his model of glory. God's going to have a people in heaven. Are you going to say it? What about your sin? That's why in the first chapter of your New Testament, what book is that? Two of you know it. How many? Matthew. What's the first chapter? You know what verse 21 is? Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall what? Save his people from their sins. John the Baptist, what did he say? Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. John 1, 29. And one can multiply the scriptures. Wonderful wonderful thing. Boy, it's going to be wonderful. Going to be just like him, huh? Well, you go and look in the looking glass, brother, when you get back to your room, and thank God you're going to be changed. You're going to be just like him. How many believe that? Got a scripture for it? First Corinthians 15. Huh? First Corinthians 15. What is that? What verse? Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Is that the verse you have? This mortal shall prompt. From verse 51 on, 1 Corinthians 50. Anybody got one over here? 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter? What verse? One, two, no, that's right. The first one. Make the first three verses. Behold, what man that of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God, and we are. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the children of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall what? Be just like him. He can't stand in the presence of God in glory unless you're like him. I must have a righteousness. Listen, young people. Not only must my sin be put away, but I must have a righteousness that equals God's righteousness. We'll be taking that up too a little later. How can you stand before God? That's why I like Philippians 3, 20 and 21. Our citizenship is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, our Lord Jesus, who shall change these vile bodies and fashion them like unto his glorious body. Oh, what a problem. It's going to be just like him, changing us. Be just like him. 
Boy, what a prospect. So God's going to have a people in heaven. And if you are going to be there, you must be delivered completely from your sin. And the marvelous thing is that the Lord Jesus came into this world to put away your sin by the sacrifice of himself. I gave you that verse a moment ago in Matthew 1, 21. I shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And I give you John 1, 29. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. I would suggest the, the, the fact that he finished the work, you can't add to it. People today, even religious people today say, well, yes, you have to accept Jesus, but, but, but what? Well, Peter told me you've got to be baptized to get rid of your sin. Oh, I said, how, how many of your sins did Christ die for? He said, all of them. How many did he put away? All of them. And how many is left for the water? Hmm. No answer. No. So I'm going to put down this thing, this little division. Sin must be put away and forgiven. There can be no sin in heaven. If you're going to glory, every sin must be put away. And you can't do it. God has done it. He went the limit to redeem man from this terrible thing called sin. You know, we have minimized sin so much. Uh, we talk about some sins being great and some sins being small and little. Well, this is not a very bad sin, you know. Everybody's doing it. That doesn't change it. Sin is sin, and he came to put away sin. Like 1 John 3, 5 says, you know he was manifested to take away our sin. And in him is no sin. Listen, young people, there's no question about the fact that we're sinners. There's no question of the fact that we were under the sentence of an eternal death. No question of the fact that we were under judgment. And there was nothing you could do to change it. Nothing you would do. Father says, well, uh, I'm going to be a good man from here on. I'm never again going to sin. I said, okay, supposing you never again sin, what about your past sins? What about them? Oh, how happy I am that when the Lord Jesus went to the cross, he bore every one of my sins, every one of your sins, and I know he put them away. I know that God is satisfied because God raised him from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and your hope might be in God. I want you to take these scriptures. Your sins were laid on Jesus. Just making it very simple. Your sins have been laid on Jesus. Isaiah 53, 6. Am I going too fast for you? 
Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him all our iniquity. 1 Peter 2, 24. He himself bare our sins in his own body on the tree. 1 Peter chapter 3, 18. He the just died for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, quickened by the Spirit. I've already quoted 1 John 3, 5. He was manifested to take away our sin, and in him is no sin. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. When he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Hebrews 9.26, he appeared once in the end of the age to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Hebrews 10, verses 10, 12, and 14, by the which will we are sanctified, set apart by the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Verse 12, this man by one sacrifice for sins forever sat down at the right hand of God. Verse 14, by the one offering he hath perfected forever those whom he hath set apart, whereof the Holy Spirit is a witness to us of the perfection of Christ's work. What the law and man could not do, Jesus Christ did in one act on the cross. He bore your sins and he put them all away. And again I repeat my verse. Arise, my soul, arise. Shake off your guilty peace. And behold, a bleeding sacrifice in my behalf appears. Before the throne, my surety stands. My name is written in his hands. You know, in Revelation 22, the new heavens and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. No sin, no darkness. That's on the outside. To think that God, in matchless love, could look down upon you and me and bear our sins and take them away once for all, forever. When you get a picture of the human heart, it's the problem. We don't believe the Bible what we are. I'm not as bad as the Bible says. It's what God sees. Remember, he's a righteous God. And if I'm going to glory, if I'm going to heaven, I've got to be fitted. I could not stand in the presence of God for a moment if my sins have not been put away. Let me give you just one more and I'm through. Give me a couple of minutes. You must be forgiven and cleansed. You must be forgiven and cleansed. And I'll give you some scripture you can think about and I'll start from there tomorrow. First uh, John 1, 7. First John 1, 7. That's the foundation. Let me give you 103rd Psalm. Let me give you some scriptures. 103rd Psalm, verse 3 and verse 12. You remember it? 
who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thy diseases. As far as east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Colossians 1.14. Colossians 1.14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Also that, that's Ephesians 1.7 also, same thing. Ephesians 1.7. Romans chapter 4, verse 7. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. That runs by 6 to 8. I would put those verses 6 to 8. David described what the blessed is of the man unto whom the Lord will not impute sin. Blessed is the man whom the Lord will not impute sin. Take Ephesians uh, 4.32. Be kind one to another, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You see, it's divine forgiveness. I kind of like this. Hebrews chapter 8 and chapter 10. I suppose you want the verses on that, don't you? Okay. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17. Their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more forever. You know, I was pitching on that one time from this platform some years ago. And after the meeting was over, one of the Men on the board came to me and he said, Brother Mitchell, I have been listening to you for many, many years. This is one time I take issue with you. Oh, I said, what's the matter? You said God would never remember our sins. I said, that's right, what I said. I said, if I can remember what I did way back yonder, can't God remember them? I said, you know, Mark, God's got some abilities that you don't have. I didn't say that. I was quoting God's word. Their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more forever. And when you and I stand, I want to get this in your heart, when you and I stand in the presence of God, no created intelligence in the universe can produce any evidence that I ever was a sinner. Our Lord did a perfect work. Boy, I'm so glad that when I get to heaven, nobody's going to tell you what I did some years ago. Huh? Boy, it's all washed out. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, what? cleanses us from all sin. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Do you know that song? Man of sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what? A Savior, lifted up was he to die. 
It is finished, was his cry. Now in heaven exalted high. Hallelujah, what a Savior. When he comes, our glorious King, all his ransomed home to bring, then anew this song we'll sing. Sing it. Hallelujah, what a Savior. How many of your sins did he bear? Over here? How many did he put away? And you're going to heaven? Yes. Nobody can find your sins? No. But why don't you rejoice and give him your life and all that you are? How about you folk? Going to heaven? Yes. No sin there? No. And you're going there? Yes. Nobody can find your sin? No. Who put them away? Jesus. Who put you away? Jesus. How do you know he did? How do you know he put them away? God raised him from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and your hope might be in God. I hear the Savior say My strength indeed is small Child of weakness, watch and pray Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as
great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies i see Dr. Mitchell prayed for the prayer requests of his radio listeners, and the unchanging Word is committed to continue praying for our listeners. And our conviction is that the Word of God has never changed and never will. The unchanging Word is dependent on the support of our listeners. Remember to write and give us your thoughts and encouragement, and also remember to send us your prayer praises and prayer requests. You may write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to the unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. That's The Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. The Unchanging Word. And so until next time, this is The Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Life begins at Calvary.